We'll be doing some of those smaller events locally and across Canada, but we'll certainly be bringing back one of our large gala events in Victoria for sure. And every little bit helps. We've always said that it's not about big numbers, small numbers. It's just about everybody chipping in and helping out where they can and whatever that may entail. So far, we've been able to filter money through to those organizations that need that. I'm Peter McCulley. That's Bruce Courtnell of the Courtnell Brothers. Russ, Bruce, and Jeff are well-known for their charity fundraising, millions of dollars to help fund mental health initiatives in B.C. We'll talk about the Courtnell Society and for Jeff, life after the NHL when Today in B.C. continues. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Bruce, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And Jeff? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good. In the early 2000s, there was a number of high-profile fundraisers in B.C. that raised monies to help fund mental health initiatives in memory of your father, Archie. And by all accounts, you had lots of support from fellow athletes and members of the community. Maybe you could review those for us. We started our first event in 2003 here in Victoria, and Russ, Jeff, and I had sat down and were trying to decide where we are going to do our charitable work for the city of Victoria. And at that time, the Victoria Hospital Foundation had a need for mental health, so we said that's perfect. And so we started the Courtland Celebrity Classic in 2003, and a lot of actors and professional athletes come in town, and a lot of business people we knew, and had a successful year right away, and it was a great start to what became three events. We were lucky Russ lives in L.A., so he was able to get lots of his friends down there. And through my career, I've met lots of people as well. So the musicians, the dinner that we hosted was fantastic. And then the whole weekend, and I think just the people that stepped up here in Victoria to support our cause really made it worthwhile. The last big fundraiser I heard about was probably more than 10 years ago. And so fast forward now to 2022, what was happening in the meantime of forming the new society, which you have? You know, we never stopped helping out where we could in mental health and certainly with uh, raising money. Russ and Jeff and I had said we felt that it was time to get back into raising money and awareness. We thought, let's take it a step further, not just have events, not just be event driven, but create a society that can carry on and raise money every year find charities that need the funding and then make sure that the money that we raise goes to what it's supposed to be going to and really keep track of it. So that's why we started out the society and that's the path we're on now. I think that there's been some very unfortunate events in the last five years in Canada. And I think from fires, floods and COVID, it's created a real need for what we do. And I think we're trying to help as many people as we can. I get more and more requests every day in Vancouver and Bruce is here in Victoria, and so we hear the needs for a lot of the communities that are really having difficult, trying times. So we want to make sure that nobody has to go through what we went through. You've started all of this from personal experience with mental health issues and your father, Archie. I went through a very traumatic two years with my dad trying to get him to get better and watching him deteriorate and not wanting to go get help. I think that all those things that I went through with him really scarred me and left me with an empty feeling for a long time. 
I think that, uh, you know, it's lately really made all the work we do feel so worthwhile because I get people in Victoria and Vancouver coming up to me on the street and thanking me for what we do. So that's what it's all about. I look to Jeff to answer that question a lot about our father because I was so young. So I didn't realize a lot of things that were going on in our home at the time because they did a great job of keeping it off to the side, if you will. For me, it, obviously losing our father, I was 10 years old and you lose not only your father, your mentor, your soon-to-be hockey coach, and it's just a big void in our life. When we decided to do something locally, it was very heartfelt and very good for us to get out and speak about it. And now we've got everyone talking about it. And early on, it was very sensitive. In 2003, not many people were talking about it. So it was a big, big opening to what we were doing. And then it just got better and better from there as far as people talking about it and being more open about it and Raising money was a little easier, if you will. Jeff, I understand you witnessed firsthand folks accessing services at the centre that was named after your dad. After my career from my post-concussion symptoms, I used to get vertigo quite a bit. And sometimes it would be so bad that I couldn't stop getting sick. So I had to go into emergency and usually they would put me on intravenous and something to help me. So when I was checking into the emergency ward one day at the Jubilee, a lady came in and the nurse asked her what was wrong and she said, I'm suicidal. Then she left the room and went back and somebody came out from the Archie Cornell Centre and took her in right away. And I know before we built the Archie Cornell Centre that the problem was people would come and check in and say they were suicidal and then nobody would be able to treat them for hours. So they would leave and either get better slowly or not get better at all. I think that was the biggest thing that I witnessed. So just to clarify for our listeners, the Courtnell Society does not offer services. It provides grants to organizations that offer services for mental health issues. That's correct. We actually have never um, provided services. The first few events we had, we raised money for the Arch Courtnell Centre to create it to build it. And the last year in 2011, we raised funds for the patient care center for the mental health ward on that side. Now we're physically raising money to help other charitable organizations that maybe can't or can't raise enough. Obviously, we want to make a difference. We want it to go where it should go. And so we're just taking a little more lead role on making sure that the funds that we do raise goes exactly where it's supposed to go. And that seems to be working. We've got some great charities we've donated to And so far, that's in a good process. It's just my observation here, but it would certainly seem to me that mental health issues have been in the spotlight the past few years as a result of COVID. Many folks have very small bubbles the past few years and interaction with only a few people for long periods of time. And most of us need to be pretty social. And there's lots of implications there for long-term mental health problems. Yeah, I think that COVID's really increased the intensity of what's out there in our communities. I think that when you can't go to work and you can't go to events and you can't socialize, and I think that it really is difficult for people that aren't used to just staying home or sitting in their room looking at their computer in their house or even in not being able to see family. Like I said earlier, that a lot of people that I talk to have had significant family issues through COVID and now beyond. In Abbotsford, the floods that really crushed a lot of families out there who have been dairy farmers for 30 years. There's just more and more cases of different 
people suffering that we hear of all the time. The work of the Courtnell Society is based on four pillars. Pillars have been set up as suicide prevention, substance use, community integration, and children and youth. They're widespread as far as suicide prevention is a lot of different things, and substance use is a lot of different things. And obviously children and youth is a really big opportunity, I feel, that needs a lot of money and a lot of attention paid to it. And then community integration is so important. But those are the four things that we found that through all of our fundraising that we've done has been the main and most important focus, so we want to carry that on. Obviously, those are all quite deep and widespread, but it was important for us to be able to pick those pillars and be able to channel money towards those different needs. So that's what we've chosen, and so far we've been able to filter money through to those organizations that need that. When Today in BC continues, Bruce and Jeff Corden will talk about life after hockey and the effects of sports concussions. Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device, so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know. Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. I'm Peter McCulley. Bruce, mental health issues in sports have certainly been a high profile recently with Carrie Price and others. Tell us about the charity that the Courtnell Society supports called Buddy Check for Jesse. Yes, this fellow, I actually believe Russ might have met him first. When we put our society in motion, he was there. And I know that his funding goes to help, in his case, it was it's hockey and hockey coaches and how much of a mentor they are to the kids. And so Buddy Check's all about creating funds for that and helping out the children in sport. The Buddy Check for Jesse program after he unfortunately committed suicide was started by his dad and some of the teammates on his team. They started up a program to check on other kids on different sports teams. So it's not only great for hockey, but all sports. And I think it's very important in our society today. Perhaps you could share with us some of the grants that you've been able to provide and some of the assistance that those have helped along the way. Yes, this year we announced eight new grants we've donated to these charities, to Human Nature Counseling Society, Acts of Kindness for Mental Health Foundation, Stigma Free Society, the Halton Family and Community Services, the Umbrella Society, the Foundry, which is Children and Youth, Citadel Canine Society, and the East End Boys Club. East End Boys Club was presented to me from one of our donors. The society picked them as a beneficiary and... Last week, Shannon and Kate and myself went to meet them all, and it is one of the most impressive things that I've seen. They have a mentoring program that comes from people who've been through the program. It's um, young boys that basically start between the ages of 13 and 17, and they're high school kids who usually are struggling. I think that this gives them confidence, and it was just amazing to go there and meet the boys and the people who are responsible for putting this into place. We really enjoyed that, and I think that those are the types of things that we feel we can make a difference in. The Courtnell brothers certainly have given their time to sports, and athletes today have to be all in to make it, and that's a lot of pressure on young kids. What advice would you have for these youngsters? Have fun. (laughs) I think the most important thing is it's a very tough grind to make it in pro sports in any sport. The biggest thing that parents and kids 
can't forget is that it's important to have fun and enjoy the game. You have to work really hard and you have to be totally committed. And that's what usually separates everybody when they get into their teens. Bruce, so you played four seasons for the Victoria Cougars and the Seattle Thunderbirds, amongst others. Tell us about those days and where that led you in your life. Being the youngest of four, I followed Russ and Jeff. And hockey was great to me growing up. And it seemed to be all we did. And we played other sports, soccer and baseball. But hockey ended up being the sport of choice for all of us. What great mentors to have two brothers who worked hard. Russ was super talented, as was Jeff. But Jeff was such a hard worker and... Not the rest didn't, but he was a little more gifted than us. And so I learned a lot from them about hard work, setting goals. When you make it in hockey, it's a grind, as Jeff would tell you. It's You go through a lot. You're young. But hockey was good to me. It was great. I enjoyed every minute. And then for me, when it wasn't fun anymore, like Jeff said, it's very important to have fun. I just decided it was time for me to move on and move on to other things. But you meet great people. It's life-changing in a lot of ways. You create friendships for a long time. And your success from there, you learn what hard work does for you, and so I have nothing but good things to say about it. Bruce leaves out that uh, he made Russ and I the greatest shooters that we were in the game. We used to dress him up in the goalie gear Uh and just tell him, you just stand here in the net. He was like five years old. He didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) He just shot him. It was very rare we hit him, but when we hit him, he'd cry. So we have to thank him for being the target. Yeah, that's true. That's what happened at my house, too. That's how I got to be a goalie. <laughs> Somebody has to be the goalie. That's it. Exactly. So, Jeff, you left the NHL at age 37 after suffering more than a dozen concussions. Tell us about the long-term effects of sport concussions. I understand one of the after effects, as you mentioned briefly, was depression. It's very unfortunate that it ended my career early. I wanted to play longer felt like I could have. So I think that was always something that didn't make me feel good. But the effects basically are, unfortunately, probably something that I have to be careful of for the rest of my life. I have headaches. I did used to get vertigo when I first retired, but I haven't had that for a long time. I remember when when I first retired and it ended my career, the doctors told me I shouldn't drink, but I didn't listen to them. And it took till about 2010 for me to stop drinking and actually feel better so it's been 12 years now I don't miss it and I think it definitely makes a difference. Bruce you played four seasons Jeff played 17 Russ played 16 that's a long time to play hockey especially today did you ever add up the number of sticks or skates you went through between the three of you? Mine would be a lot less than theirs but growing up our dad would pass down skates so I had Jeff went to Russ, Russ went to me, and we used to, I remember, we'd put our skates on and put our feet in the tub, our leather skates, and reform them to our feet as we moved along. As you get older, I'd say you probably go through a pair of skates every year in amateur sport. Usually go through two or three every year. Yeah. And then sticks. Too many sticks. The owner of the Cougars was so cheap that if he saw us break him, he'd fine us. Break him on purpose, that is. So we didn't go through as many sticks then, but I'm sure Jeff and Russ went through a lot. Yeah, no, oh, I can't remember. I didn't get a brand new pair of skates till I was 15, and I bought the wrong ones. My dad was so mad because I didn't like them. But, man, I probably went through thousands of sticks, but skates, lots of skates. You add up probably, on average, two pairs a year for 17 years. That's 34. And a pair every year from 9 to 16. That's 41. 40 plus skates. It's a relatively small number of players in the NHL who can say they played on a Stanley Cup winner. 
especially in a cup-winning team that Wayne Gretzky played on. Jeff, tell me about being an oiler and being traded from Boston to Edmonton. So when I got traded, I was playing on a line with Cam Neely and Kenny Linsman, and we were leading the team in scoring. I was having the best year I'd ever had in the first five years in Boston. It was probably the least amount of expectation of getting traded that I had in my first five years because I thought every year at the trade deadline I was getting traded. But I wasn't even thinking about it this time. So I get traded to Edmonton for Andy Moog, and Bill Ranford and I went for Andy Moog. Get to Edmonton. Wayne Gretzky was like most incredible guy I've ever played with for being the greatest player in the league at the time. The leadership in that room from Gretzky, Messier, Kevin Lowe, just the whole group of guys, how they made me feel comfortable there and then be a part of such an amazing team we had that year. I think we only lost two games in the entire playoffs. And those guys really taught me what winning was all about to win the Stanley Cup with Wayne. And then I played again with Wayne in St. Louis. We're still good friends, and Wayne supports all our events. He's phenomenal, and he came here for our golf tournaments, and he's really good friends still with Russ down in L.A., and I think that's what it takes is, like Bruce said earlier, our network, the guys we played sport with, the people we've met through our careers, and then all our friends who've so generously donated financially, which makes this all work. Jeff, you can probably answer this for Russ, who isn't able to join us today, but uh, you two had the opportunity to play together for a very short time for the Canucks. I think it was the 94-95 season. Russ and I played junior together, as everybody knows, in Victoria, and we had amazing success together. It's the reason I signed as a free agent with Boston, and Russ was seventh overall. And so we always tried to play together again after that. I know that when I was in Boston early in my career and I wasn't playing a lot, I was trying to get traded to Toronto and Russ was trying to get me traded there and it just never worked out. And then always dreamed that one day maybe we'd get to play together. So when Vancouver made the trade with Dallas for Greg Adams and Russ, it was very exciting. And unfortunately, we lost in the second round to Chicago. And I was a free agent that year, so I signed with St. Louis. So we didn't get to play together for a great length of time, but really enjoyed the time we got to play together, especially in Vancouver. Bruce, will there be more public fundraising events for folks to enjoy because you guys do such a great job with them in addition to other ways to donate to the Cortinal Society? Absolutely, yes. We're starting off slow here. We're just getting our feet wet, so to speak. We had an event up in Nanaimo, nice little intimate dinner. So we'll be doing some of those smaller events locally and across Canada, but we'll certainly be bringing back one of our large gala events here in Victoria for sure. As far as donations, CourtnellSociety.org online would be great. Every little bit helps. We've always said that it's not about big numbers, small numbers. It's just about everybody chipping in and helping out where they can and whatever that may entail. So bring it on. I'd like to thank Bruce and Jeff Courtnell for being with us on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and Google Podcasts.